Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. My name is Samson Deritu Njogu. I was born in Kenya uh, and uh, we, my family, I come from a family of 13 children, so including my two parents, we are 15, and that is a blessing. <laughs> so also, it has so much difficult, difficulties, like uh, sibling rivalries, like each home have, whether you have two, that happens. So we came, uh, I was born in a place called Eldoret, uh, dominated by a, a tribe called Kalenjin. You know, they are the best in the world in terms when we come to athletics. So they are the, when you hear about people who are winning the, the, the champion in athletics, that is the, the tribe called Kalenjin from Kenya. But uh, my family and I, we are from a Kikuyu tribe. And there is always a problem of tribalism. And so when uh, time for election came, they elected a Kikuyu president. And that was a problem to every person, every person called a Kikuyu, whether you, wherever you are. And this being a very, very challenging uh, place we had to live, not just by wish, but our house was burnt down. And, we, and everything we owned was taken, and we only had one cloth on us and had to run for life. And we slept in the forest for some few days, not practicing to be army men, but because of the situation. So we went to a new place, and the only people we knew there is the church people who welcomed us. And we don't know them, we just met them. And we were total strangers asking for food and shelter. We didn't have food during some time, like during the day, sometimes you sleep hungry, you wake up hungry, and all you have with you is God. Because my parents were good messianic believers, and they said, today we slept hungry, but look, we are all alive. We are still able to smile, but not because you want, but you, you have to. That's the option you have. So one day, one of the Messianic uh, group brought some food for dinner, for, for, for lunch and dinner. And so because it's a big family, when we ate, it remained very little just for the baby and maybe one person. Before the end of the day, here comes a guest who looked very hungry and has also ran from a different place and just came to see if she can get some food to be able to continue with wherever she's going. She don't know where she's going. And she has a baby. And so all of us looked at that guest and guess what is in our mind? The little food we had the little hope. I thought maybe I would share with the baby is gone. 
And so my mom looked at us and said, look, we have no option. But we were like, mom, we also don't have option. Let her go and look for elsewhere. That's the only hope. And she says, I am sorry, but I'm going to do like your mom, and I want you to copy this from me. So she got the food and divided it in half for the little baby with this poor mother and for the baby in the house. And all of us were like, I don't think you're a good mother. We are in a story of Mishpatim, and I chose this because I felt it connecting with me. How we treat strangers. There are so many laws about treating the, the, the strangers. Even on Pesach, we are asked to feel as if we were in Egypt, to feel like a stranger. It is very hard. Since you were born, some of you have been fed on a silver plate. So how does the Torah ask you to feel as if you are a stranger? That feeling, you can't have it. It's not real. But when you look at the, the sources, including today when we were saying the blessing, you, Vayomel, when, when, when you are talking about the Sisit, that phrase, there is Lema'an that tells you, remember you were a slave in Egypt. Which nation? Really, if we suffered in Egypt, it, the verse also tells us that we, we remember how it feels to be a slave. Why does even Torah have to emphasize on that? If you were beaten by a snake, they sometimes say even if you see a rope that acts like a snake, you become nervous. But the Torah has to repeat over and over that we were slaves in Egypt and we should remember that. We are reminded twice a day. But nevertheless, it's still not making a point. So some rabbis, including Rashi and Ramban, if you look at the sources, come up with some suggestions and questions as well. Should we just treat strangers well because we were strangers in Egypt? Is that enough reason? Or why should we treat them well? It's a question. When I was looking around and I asked Rabbi Google, but I, didn't, I was not able to put <laughs> Rabbi Google's idea here. He told me that a stranger is anyone who is not in his place, in his right senses, in his own culture, and immediately you leave your house. It's suggesting you become a stranger. When I went to Uganda, fortunately I have been a stranger throughout my life. When I was 14, I moved to Uganda. 
and I also became a stranger there. And I met a story. They told me, you just came, you are telling us your story, but just wait we tell you what we went through. Idi Amin made us strangers in our own country. No worship of Judaism. You cannot even own anything if you are Jew, so they were given out. Not only thinking about being a Jew, so he killed so many of them. He also said this property that belonged to Jewish people, they have to be given out because they are practicing to be Jewish. And then the question, when after some time the Idi Amin left and another president came and said, you can be Jewish, we don't care. All we care is you have to be good citizens and pay taxes. You know, what? that's what the most favorite part of the government. <laughs> so when the community came back, they appealed to the Jews, to us wonderful people seated here and others. And we raised back the community. We gave them something to survive on. And it came time when situation is very hard for all Jews, for non-Jews around us, and for anyone who lived in that place. There was no food. There was famine. And again, the Jewish people, you sent us food. Then the question was, remember yesterday what you did to us? You, you took our properties, you took what belonged to us, and even you killed some of us. Now, as Jewish people, we have food, we have the power. What do we do with you? And then the Jewish people in Uganda referred to this. What do we do when we have the power? Because now these people have become strangers because they don't have food and the only resource they can now have food from is this Jew food that Jewish community is having. The Jewish people opened their hands and they gave non-Jews food. Not only that, we got uh, Rabbi Gelsh my father-in-law got a car and the People suffering in the area know that we don't have, people don't own cars. And so the pregnant women, the sick people, die in villages or on the way because they cannot access the hospitals very fast. He said, my car is going to be an ambulance for everyone. And whoever is sick, whether what time of the night, please call. And that made me learn how to drive because at first I would drive with my father in law in the middle of night to go and pick someone. And he said, you'll not just be sitting in the car. You have to learn how to drive because we are Jewish people. We have to help the strangers because we know how it's a pain to be a stranger when you don't have help. I learned how to drive. I took over and I became the ambulance driver. And I they would call me when I have just come from hospital to deliver another one. 
It was very tough because sometimes I want to sleep, I have an exam tomorrow. But they tell you, I'm in the middle of, it's in the middle of night and a woman call, my mom is dying of pressure, please hurry. So the, the rabbis are asking us a question today. The Torah is asking us a question today. A slave or a stranger can be sometimes compared to someone or a baby at home. When you give birth to a baby, very young one, of course you have all the powers to do whatever you want with this baby. And you should see a stranger in that, in that uh, the same way. They come to this place, they don't know anyone, they don't have food. If you want them to kneel down, they can kneel down. But nevertheless, you go ahead to exercise your powers on that person. Aren't we repeating the story of Amarek? who attacked the weaker one. And if you, if you look at the uh, back page, I forgot to quote uh, the, the owner of this, the, the second last. He said, if you treat others with lack of respect, that says more about you than it does about them. The last line, it says, it may be in the end that a good society is defined more by how people treat strangers than how they treat those they know. And that is by James. And then we look at now a real life, the life we are living in today. If I feel that I have power... I would want to help someone because I, I feel the power in me. If I don't have power and I'm looking for the power, I will not attack someone who is stronger than me. That's why the Torah is counting for you the people who are likely to be oppressed. The widow, the orphan, the stranger, and these are the people with, without power. And that is the people you want to exercise your power on. So if you look at that line, it says that you also, because of lack of power, that's why you're exercising the power on these weak people. Because I cannot wake up in the morning and I ask for the champion on the, if you watch wrestling. I can't because, you know, two, three times you are down. And so the Torah is telling us to think of ourselves like strangers because every day sometimes you are planning a vacation to go into new place. Those people don't know you but you want to go there and you're expecting a nice treatment. If you are setting a standard of mistreating the strangers, how special are you? Why do you expect to be treated better than the people you are treating here in a wrong way? So we should envision and put 
a way forward of how we want to be treated because immediately you leave your house, you become a stranger. The second one and the last one is we should have the control and the spark and we should never lose the divine spark because Hashem is saying that when you cried to me in Egypt, I rescued you. I came for you. And whoever cries because my nature is to rescue those who have been oppressed, I always come and, and, and rescue them. So how do you want to deal with God? He will always come and face you when you're oppressing someone. And because we are strong people, we are Jewish community, we cannot be the people oppressing the others. We have to stand strong because we are the children of the strong one. And therefore, we have to exercise our power by elevating others. We should remember that if you are on top, you'll always pull people up. If you are below, you'll always, people, you'll always pull people towards you. And if you are always people without power, you'll always exercise your power on weak people. And that is going to be the end of us. And is going to deal, God is going to deal with us harshly because he's always merciful. And he wants us to be merciful. And remember that we are the children of God who is powerful and we should always maintain that power. And the power is elevating other people. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.